Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach, brought to you by the TeacherCast Educational Network. If you are in charge of professional development and looking to build an innovative digital learning experience, this is the podcast for you. Join us each week as we uncover strategies that tech coaches are using to drive their digital transformations one classroom at a time. And now for your host, with over two decades of experience working with tech coaches and edtech companies from all around the world, Jeff Bradbury. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today on making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is Ask the Tech Coach podcast, episode number 81. It is February the 10th. Welcome to our show. Today, we're going to be talking all about the power of live streaming and using interactive videos as a tech coach. We've got two great co-hosts on today. I want to bring on our returning champion, Miss Susan Vincent. How are you, Susan? How are you today? Great. Great to be back again. It is great to see you. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Well, I am Susan Vincent, and it's been my pleasure to be the co-host here on Ask the Tech Coach for the last several weeks. It has been an awesome experience, and I look forward to more to come. Um, I am a kindergarten through 12th grade technology integration specialist here in the Louisville area in Kentucky. It's so nice to have you again. Welcome back. I also want to bring on a returning educator onto the show, Mr. Matt Friedman. Matt, how are you today? Welcome to the show. Jeff, great to be back. Uh, It's been a few weeks, but I am back on board and looking forward to this evening. Looking forward to having you here on the program. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So, like I said, my name is Matt Friedman. I'm a longtime uh, educator in the state of Pennsylvania and uh, been working in the K-12 space now for 20-plus years and really have a passion for overseeing educational technology. And so I'm excited to talk about our topic this evening. I am so happy that you guys are listening to the show, and I'm so happy to have Matt and Susan on. We are trying to form a nice little tech coach team. We have some tech coaches. We have some administrators on talking all about this whole coaching leadership thing that we are into. If you guys out there would like to be a part of the show, please reach out to us on Twitter at AskTheTechCoach, or of course, you can head on over to TeacherCast.net slash contact. Fill out our form. We would love to have you guys as a part of our TeacherCast educational network. I want to remind you guys that we have our February Mastermind meeting coming up. If you are looking for some great professional development, you can head on over to teachercast.net slash mastermind. We offer meetings every single month, including free lesson plans, free templates, and so much more. We're also in the middle of revamping it for 2020 and beyond. Check it out over at teachercast.net slash mastermind today. And guys, let's talk about really an important subject here, right? Using video in the classroom, using interactive video in the classroom. It's one of those things that I hear a lot about, but I want to talk to you guys today about it from a coaching point of view. I'm going to open it up with just a simple question here. Susan, should video be used as a tech coach? Absolutely. I mean, it's a saving grace for me. How? time saver. I mean, I have four campuses that I take care of. So, you know, we talked a little bit about this in a previous episode recently. It has saved my um, saved my life so many times in not being able to get, you know, to every campus every day. So to make a quick video tutorial for a teacher and make it personalized to them is huge. Now, you have how many campuses again? I have four. 
And how often do you find yourself each week, let's say, turning to making a, I'll start with saying a personalized video to one or maybe a few small teachers? At least once a week for the most part, but a lot of times more than that, maybe up to five times a week. If it's a quick question that I can answer over video and not type it out over email and they still get my personalized voice to them, that's wonderful for them and I've gotten great feedback. And what that. do you find those videos are? Are they how to do something or are they just you're using your voice and your face to answer a, a question? Maybe not necessarily a tutorial, but you're just you're, you're performing a service using video. For me, it's a how-to. And if it's more of a, I want to plan and I want to collaborate on this topic and I want to know more about it, then it's more of a face-to-face -face intentional meeting. Now, but do to you just tell them how to insert an image into their Google slide or audio into their Google slide, it's going to be a quick video tutorial. Now, do you find that you're using video to answer the question or how are you using video to initiate a conversation? I mean, have you ever just opened up your email and made a video to say, hey, Matt, how you doing? Or are the videos mostly reactionary? Mostly reactionary, but that is a great idea. Um, I would love to be more intentional about the um, proactivity. Well, let's talk about that from the other side of the desk. Matt, what's your thoughts on video from the tech coaching point of view? Well, I think it can be a powerful tool, especially you know, whether you're in a small district, big district, I don't think it matters. Uh, you know, I'll talk about from the live streaming perspective, uh, the one-to-many perspective, uh, when there's one tech coach and many teachers, you can't be in 20 places at one time. So to have the live interactivity at a certain time, a tech coach can really, really cater to a lot more teachers and a lot more professionals in a district uh, than just trying to get into each individual classroom. So I agree with Susan that I think the interactive uh, aspect is great. The how-to videos are wonderful. The live streaming aspect, I think, takes it to another level, but a combination of both can be very powerful for a tech coach. Now, I got to ask you the same question here. Are you or have you used video to interact with other staff members and are they proactive or are they usually reactionary to certain events? Uh, both, both. But I can tell you from a proactive standpoint, uh, beyond tech coaches, uh, tech coaches have taught department chair people how to use interactive video and different administrative people within the districts that I've worked in. And the interactive video has been proactive where they've held meetings or different professional development sessions. Uh, there's also been reactive videos where if a huge initiative is rolled out, you know, for example, maybe with like a learning management system and a group of teachers don't under understand how to use several of the tools within the system, you can send quick one to two minute how-to videos uh, that kind of meet everyone's needs. So I think you need to balance it. 
but I think both definitely have a lot of positives. You know, I think as a tech coach, there is a value to having video. You know, we talk a lot here on this show about having a website full of resources, tutorials that, you know, in case I have a problem, we can just send out these quick, you know, go to this blog post, go to a YouTube video, whether that be ours or not. I still think that there is a uh, people are intimidated by video, right? And if you send a video saying, hey, it's Susan and I'm here to help you out, or hey, do you need anything? People aren't necessarily interested in giving you a video back. What are you guys expecting when you create a video? Are you expecting uh, them to create a video back? Are you expecting text? Or are you just expecting that people might ignore it because it's a video and maybe they don't want to watch the first five minutes of something? I think video has become a lot more prevalent these days because people are going to YouTube all the time to find out how to do whatever they need to do, whether it be repair their car or do something around the house. So I think teachers are depending a lot more on video for training. Now, to expect them to get me a video back, I haven't as much. Again, that's a great idea. But we think we have to think of that in terms of also our students you know how nervous our students can be when we ask them to do a flipgrid video and then they look at us like do i have to put my face on there can i cover up my camera yeah i, I, get, that. I get that in broadcasting are, class <laughs> oh yes i'm sure you do <laughs> i'm sure you're dealing with that age group right now so yeah i think a lot of the teachers are that way especially more so maybe the veteran teachers who Again, using the word intimidated. You know, I, I always try to put myself in my users' seats. You know, if, if if I was a teacher and I got an email from my principal, my superintendent, and there was a personalized video to me, whether it be good, bad, or indifference, that is intimidating. Right, Matt? Possibly. I mean, it depends. Uh like Susan said, we're living in a Netflix and YouTube society. And so teachers talk that game with students across the board, K through 12, and kind of have those conversations and expectations. But to have a personalized video sent to them, uh, to be honest with you, I never really thought of it that way. Uh, even, and I try to often put myself in the teacher's shoes. But I can tell you, uh, to Susan's point, um, it, it, a lot of the video conversation that, that I think about and that I have, whether it's recording how-to videos or different snippets or sending a personal message or having live interactive video in terms of having a meeting, I, I really haven't had that expectation of, of asking teachers, classroom teachers, to send videos back to me or to the group in any particular way. So really, beyond the live interactive part, I've never asked for something back to me if I've sent something personal out to an individual staff member. One of the services that we use here on TeacherCast that I have absolutely fallen in love with is called Dub, D-U-B-B. -B. And you can learn more about it over at TeacherCast.net slash Dub. And basically, it is a video platform, but it's a video platform that helps you create videos. It uh, you know gives you a Google Chrome extension. You can do it on your phone. You can do it live. But it also gives you a splash page or, or a landing page. And anybody over the last six, eight months or so who have signed up for my newsletter gets 
an intro sequence with a bunch of these dubs. And essentially it's, it's, you know, me putting a video out saying welcome and here's what I like. And, you know, why don't you write me back? And all of these splash pages, I have a little button at the bottom of the video that says, Hey, leave me a video reply. How are you doing? What do you need? What are your pain points? Guys, I got to tell you, in over like four or 5,000 newsletter subscribers, not a single teacher has given me back a video. So if we can't get that from our newsletter, should we be expecting that we can get that back from our teachers? Yeah, that's definitely mm-hmm. a huge question. We have trouble yeah. getting email replies a lot of the time. So, you know, it's can be hard to get video. But, you know, I think it's something to work toward. I think that's an awesome goal to have. You know, in the past, we've expected an email reply of tell me what you need, tell me how you're doing. I think video has the potential to be that. Well, let's take a look. I mean, so to me, you think about, you put it in the context of social media, you know, getting people to step out of things like comfort zone like Facebook where, a majority of teachers might have a personal Facebook account where they're used to posting family pictures or different things in their life and then getting them to look at it from a professional lens using Twitter or Instagram. I mean, you're really stepping outside the box with Instagram, but even when you mentioned something like Boxer, which, uh, you know, I I love that tool, uh, that's, that's foreign to the majority of educators that I've come across. So... Sending a video message or creating a video message, yeah, I, I think we'll get there. I think education is slow to catch on with the rest of society sometimes, uh, for better or worse. But I think it's trending in the right direction, and I think you just need to lead by example and model that behavior. And I think uh, if you build a small capacity, uh, I think you can continue to grow that trend. So let's take a look at some of the ways that streaming video, live video, interactive video can be used. Susan, as a tech coach, how can we use, I'll put it this way, how can we help our teachers bring interactive and streaming video into their classrooms? Well, I mean, a big thing at our school is we're really enforcing those four C's through the ISTE standards, the creativity, the communication, the collaboration, critical thinking and creativity and getting outside of those four walls. So we're pushing, you know, video and streaming as a huge service to do that through, you know, um, virtual field trips through um just various ways of connecting with people, whether it be for us from campus to campus or from our campus to somebody in another state, or um, we're actually a Christian school. So we bring in a lot of missionaries off the mission field um, to be able to come in and talk to our students and they can interact together through whatever app, which we'll talk about um, after a while. But, you know, that's huge for us in using video in that capacity. I like the idea of virtual field trips. Is that difficult to put together? Not so much. I mean, you know, thankfully, um, a lot of the people we connect with, whether it be a person on the mission field, an author we're bringing in, or historian or somebody, you know, they have the means to do that. And um, thankfully, we're blessed with, you know, equipment and things like that to make it happen. Now, so Susan, I want to I want to jump in. Um, I've had the privilege of uh, being introduced to about two and a half years ago uh, a tool that I fell in love with that I've I've been championing, really been a champion for this 
small ed tech company in South Carolina called Streamable Learning. And they have live interactive uh, video streams that essentially are uh, virtual field trips. And they partner with content partners all over the world. And you can bring content experts and different museums, authors, zoos, uh, musicians live into the classroom. So it's one-to-many awesome. interactivity, and it's amazing. And that and, is a new one on me. Thank you, man. Yeah, so you need to check it out. It's a, it's a tiny company of, I believe, three employees in South Carolina. And uh, like I said, they are growing by leaps and bounds. And, you know, every time I have a chance to really champion them to educators, uh, I do because uh, they're really growing by word of mouth right now. And so we touched on something, the virtual field trips. Budget constraints are a real thing. And there's district, you know, there's all different types of schools from public to private to charter to Catholic, you name it. And uh, money is, is tight in any type of setting. To bring content experts uh, into the classroom through live practice streaming, it is amazing. To have a virtual field trip is unbelievable. To give children an opportunity to interact with people that they might never be able to interact with and go places they might never be able to go, that's powerful. That's, that's powerful learning inside the classroom. And, and for companies to start to catch on to that uh, is exciting to me. So if we wanted to do something like this in our classrooms, what kind of equipment would we need? We'll talk about apps in a second here, but what kind of, uh, you know, physical equipment, microphone, like what, what do we need for, for something like this to be successful? Well, I think the paradigm has shifted. Uh, it used to be you had to get the polycom machine, you had to get the camera set up, and it was really one classroom and one content expert and you really had to schedule time and be creative but now thing you know the company that i mentioned stream learning their platform they use zoom and zoom can easily turn into a live interactive one-to-many platform so if you have internet connectivity uh, you don't even need a smart board. If you have a projector and you can project right onto a wall, you can bring experts live into the classroom uh, through the connectivity of Zoom. And and to me, that's you can't ask for anything more. Yeah, I've seen a huge involvement over the years. Um, as we know, I've been doing this a while. Um, so I've seen a huge involvement. Like Matthew said, we used to have to go to a room with all of the equipment. Now we can just bring it right into our classroom. And with one-to-one -one environments, wow, you know, look how huge that has gotten. And the opportunities that lends itself to our teachers and students. Now, talking today about using video and streaming, and I want to talk a little bit into that whole professional development. Obviously, to do a virtual field trip means you take your class and you go to another place. But when it comes to the tech coaches, is there value? Should we be thinking about a situation where Susan is in her office and every building in her campus is is streaming into her and she's giving a tech tutorial to multiple buildings 
is something like that something we should be thinking about? Is it effective for her to be in in her one office with multiple buildings? Watch. I mean, that seems like an awful lot of a lot of work to put together. But should we be thinking about professional development and streaming video all in the same sentence? Well, I'd like to jump in first here. So if you don't mind, please. Uh, you know, to me, if you have an, a defined amount of time that you have professional development and you hypothetically have a large district and you want to have that face-to-face professional development, think about all the logistics behind it. Finding a big enough space to bring all the teachers together, to have all the teachers drive over to a particular building, to have them park, to walk inside, to sit down, to get ready, and then to have someone like Susan in front of all of them face-to-face. Or they can stay in their classroom, they can log in at a certain time, you're, you're adding on more time to the professional development part because they're not having to drive in their car to a particular building. They're at the leisure of their classroom. They can follow right along with Susan. If it's interactive, she can answer questions along the way. To me, I think it's a no-brainer. And the best part is, if a teacher's not there uh, and they miss professional development time, you know, the old way was, oh, well, you know what, we'll catch you next time. And there's really no way to catch them up on, on what they might have missed. But if Susan's doing it, a, you know, interactive live stream, she can easily record it and people can watch it at their leisure. I mean, I, to me, I think it's, it's the way we need to start trending in terms of professional development. Yeah, this is so timely for me. You know, I mentioned on a previous episode how, you know, some of our face-to-face after-school offerings were just not well attended. We have four campuses and we're spread across Louisville and Southern Indiana. And it's, you know, our Southern Indiana campus is not going to drive to our big Louisville campus. It just takes too long across the river. So, for me, the last couple times doing those after-school PDs and, you know, trying to get those hours in for the teachers, video has been huge. So we've used um, things like StreamYard, trying different things. And it's to the point now where my t- um, IT director came to me the other day and said, how's that going for you? Is this working? And do you need a subscription to Zoom? And I said, yes, please. <laughs> So that's been huge and um, a great lifesaver for me. Now, let me throw the same question at a slightly different angle. There are many podcasts that are out there, like ours, that are trying to figure out if will, or I'll put it this way, will school districts accept listening to this live stream, this podcast, or a YouTube video as professional development. Matt, you being on the the slightly different part of the desk here, I'll start with you. Should listening to podcasts, should listening to videos, should the, hey, I watched a video on, on, on how to do this, is that professional development and should that count towards our 100 hours and how do we prove it? Well, I think that's the million dollar question right there. How do you prove it? So, you know, in a perfect world, you want to believe that people are going to listen to a podcast or watch a video and take away something. Uh, the problem is uh, from the administrative side, uh, you can't vet every podcast or video. So it's, you know, you need to give teachers and administrators a professional latitude that they are personalizing their professional growth. 
and they're listening and watching things that they feel are meaningful. Or you can, you know, kind of do what I just alluded to. You could vet some podcasts. You could vet some interacting you know, and assign them to the staff. If you're, if one of your initiatives is a particular, uh, you know, type of instructional strategy or, or whatever avenue you're going down, you can assign certain podcasts and videos and, and things of that nature to staff members. You know what, you know what it says already. And then you could create some professional learning communities and kind of talk it through. Uh, so I think there's easy ways to do that, but I guess, to sum it all up, my answer is an emphatic yes. I think there's so much rich content out there now. And I agree with you, Jeff. There's a lot of competition. There's a lot of podcasts out there. There's a lot of uh, interactive video and, and streaming content. Uh, but it keeps getting better and better. So I don't think it's a negative that there's a lot. I think it's actually beneficial to educators as all. So do you see this being possible? I mean, let's, let's face it here. YouTube is the second largest search engine. I, I have a question. I'm going to YouTube. I shouldn't be expecting to get a certificate and having a count towards 100 hours because I'm doing research for a lesson plan. So how can listening to the Tech Coach podcast be any different than going to YouTube and searching for how to use Soundtrap? Should those things be treated the same way, whether my boss says to do it or not? Because if I get Soundtrap in my school, my boss is going to tell me, go watch some YouTube videos and learn it. Should I not be getting 100 hours for these things? I think Matthew makes a good point about vetting um, and having approval. You know, in face-to-face -face PD, you know, we have to have administrative approval before we offer it. Oh, may I please offer this session on Microsoft forms or whatever. So it has to be approved. So I think it's still important if we're going to do the podcast choice or the video streaming um, options that they do need to be vetted in some way or just have those choices out there. These are okay for you to watch and then go from there. But absolutely, it's a huge part of PD these days. And I think the teachers appreciate having those options instead of the sit and get all the time. You know, this is something we've been talking about for the last nine years on the podcast. Should TeacherCast be offering PD credits? I know there's a lot of podcasts out there that are basically starting with, you know, come to our website, fill out a Google form, I'll autocrat you out a certificate. And if you can use it, great. I know, um, I think Jake Miller's doing it. I know Peggy George has done it for 100 years now with Classroom 2.0. And... I don't know. If you guys are interested in doing something like that, let me know. If you guys are out there saying, my boss, my principal allows me to use podcasting for PD, could you give me a cert? We'd love to hear from you. If it's something that enough people out there are interested in getting, would love to have you guys chime in on that. You can, of course, find us over at Ask the Tech Coach or go on over to AskTheTechCoachPodcast.com. Uh, ask now, I want to wrap up today with some applications. We've been mentioning a lot of things in here, and maybe we'll hit on a couple apps we've already talked on, but let's just kind of go through a couple applications that people can be interested. Now, Susan, you had mentioned something a couple times that I actually just signed up for, StreamYard. Tell us a little bit about it. Yes, and it's still kind of new to me too, um, StreamYard. It is a live streaming, shareable 
studio is what they call it in their little description and it happens within your browser so really and truly you go open your browser Streamyard, you create a free account and you just start recording and you can you it gives you a code and you invite your participants in there to your little presentation room and you can just record they yeah. have the ability to chat and interact with you um, and you there's chat area and you're speaking now i know that that goes out to the various youtube facebook channels but yes is it a streaming platform onto itself or do you need to use that platform to get to the youtube facebook crew um that's a good question i mean in my experience we've streamed live and then we've been able to upload it to youtube from there okay that's how i've used it now, now matt and by the way guys all of the links are going to be over here in our show notes for Ask the Tech Coach episode number 81. Matt, I believe you talked about streamable learning. I'm on their website, streamablelearning.com. Tell us one more time a little bit about this platform. So streamable learning, uh, they are K-12 uh, interactive live streaming platform. They use Zoom as their back-end platform. And they have, they have uh, I think, over 200 content partners. So they set up uh, live streams on a yearly calendar. And so, for example, if they partner with uh, one example I can think of, they partner with a uh, the former poet laureate for the United States, Ken Nesbitt, who's a children's author and poet. She, um, so Ken will do a live stream maybe like at 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. and 3 p.m. and they'll schedule him out throughout the month or throughout the year on different topics. Teachers can go in. Uh, it's a subscription model, but uh, it's pretty inexpensive. It's extremely inexpensive. And the teacher can go in and sign up for the live stream, and then they'll get a notice uh, through a calendar invite, and they'll log into Zoom, and you have a author live streaming right into your classroom. So uh, it, it's, an, it's an amazing tool. It really brings learning to life to bring all of these experts and and museums and zoos and, and different organizations into a classroom the interactive part um it, the teacher can facilitate and they can ask questions right through the, the chat feature uh on zoom so uh i've really been a huge proponent of it lately uh i'm a real champion of bringing experts in to kind of enhance the learning process. And then you can do so much as a classroom teacher after the uh, presentation. The presentations are roughly half hour to 40 minutes and, and there's content K through 12 uh, across all curriculum areas. So, uh, and that's just one example, but it's it's powerful. It's powerful, you know, it, it's kind of uh, like like a discovery ed, but uh, taking it to the next level for the, for the fact that it's live and interactive, and now, I, that's something that really, to me, is interesting. Now, another uh, link that we have here on our show notes, again, Ask the Tech Coach, episode number 81, Insert Learning, a Chrome extension. Who mentioned that one? Was that you, Susan? That was me, yes. Um, Insert Learning, it is a Chrome extension, and their, their big um, advertising tool is make any website your lesson. And you can add text, you can annotate, do all of those things. But the nice thing about that is you can also add video. So, you know, as a teacher doing a flipped classroom or as a tech 
head coach trying to do a flip PD. It allows me to have that website and it doesn't have to be the insert learning website. I could be as a tech coach showing a group of teachers um, a website how to use streamable learning, for example. And I could put my own self in a video inside of that website, describing it and pointing out all the features. Do I, I'm, I'm checking this out right now. I'm signing in through my Google account. Do Correct. the students need to have a Google account for this? They do. It is through, it is a um, extension. So it would have to be installed on their um so the, they need to have the Chrome extension to use the content. It's not that the teacher has the Chrome extension so everybody else can just take advantage of it. Correct. It's uh -huh. a two-way street there. All right. That's pretty cool. We will, of course, have the link to the Chrome extension as we go through episode 81. Um, other ones here we had mentioned. Hippo video? What's that? Uh, yes, I learned about that in the past year. It's very similar. Um, I described StreamYard earlier. It's another app that does um, very similar things. One thing that makes them a little different, what we were talking about earlier in personalizing videos like you do with Dub, Jeff, mm -hmm. is um, Hippo Video does some similar features like that, um, being able to add it into an email. And no. then it also casts your screen and does all of the normal video things other links we have in here and again we don't have time to hit all these wonderful things but Flipgrid, uh voice thread ed puzzle screencastify screencast matic screener i'll put loom down in there also guys um but matt you had mentioned something called play pose it or play pause it play pause it play pause it is another inter interactive video uh platform they're an amazing small company out of uh, Denver, Colorado. And what you can do is you can embed video into their platform and you can create things that they call bulbs. And the bulbs are basically hard stops in the video that you can ask formative or, you know, formative assessment questions to students or to staff or administrators. So you can create a video, create a hard stop. They have to, you know, open up the bulb. They can answer, they have to answer a formative question and you can collect data through their platform to see and kind of assess people along the way. So that's a tremendous professional development tool uh, for staff members or administrators. It's also an excellent tool inside the classroom uh, I've been watching PlayPosit grow for years. It's a direct competitor, I feel, to Edpuzzle, but I think it has a lot more functionality than an Edpuzzle. So you should check out PlayPosit. Now, we've been talking today, obviously, all about video. And before we wrap up here, I wanted to bring up one last topic. And, you know, if we can do this really quickly, but I think this actually warrants an entire show. What are the dangers? What are the dangers of putting kids on live video. Clearly we have instances where if a student knows that he's live, anything can fly. And at any point in time, it could be the most wonderful thing possible or somebody could be sitting in somebody's office. Should we be worrying about that? Should we not be worrying about that? Should we set ground rules before we go live? And I'm not saying just like the virtual field trips where no one's 
watching. But even if you decide to do a Facebook Live video of your classroom, the wrong student doing the wrong thing could have the wrong consequences. What are your thoughts on all this? Oh, that is absolutely we need to set ground rules we need to teach them and that's part of our job you know as tech coaches and influencing the teachers to be direct influences on the students you know the digital citizenship is so important and you know and it's just all about teaching professionalism and i'm sure you go over this a lot in your broadcasting class jeff is you know professionalism on camera on the microphone and that's a word i always use when i taught digital citizenship when i was a media specialist is being professional you know as a teacher i have to do certain things and i have to act a certain way when i'm in front of a certain group of people so we teach our students in turn to be professional when they're on camera when they're presenting when they're on a microphone susan let me jump on the digital citizenship i'll give the plug the common sense media and all the work they do with digital citizenship and anytime you know i've been part of three districts where i help roll out one-to-one initiatives. And one of the foundational pieces we teach the staff and students is digital citizenship. And, you know, I've been part of districts where school boards and superintendents wanted to ban YouTube and block YouTube. And once again, it goes back to the digital citizenship piece. So, you know, it's, it's the letting go process in 2020 mm-hmm. and understanding that uh, video and live streaming, uh, it's, it's here to stay and it's going to continue to evolve and grow. So uh, it shouldn't be a taboo thing in school. It's, mm-hmm. it's all about educating students and staff. Uh, so it's a matter of, I mean, if you, if you search hard enough, you can find probably anything you want um, online. But it's it's teaching the parameters and, and the digital citizenship piece like we talked about uh, for uh, protecting yourself and, and looking responsibly. So I have really no patience for something like that. And I think it's our job as educators to uh, help people grow and learn, whether that's adults or students. Absolutely. I don't think I could have said that any better. I know as a broadcasting teacher, I am constantly reminding my kids and teaching them the value of being professional and looking professional. And, you know, we're getting ready to do live broadcasting of our morning announcements. And you you realize that at any point in time, you know, something could happen that, that's unprofessional. It doesn't have to be a bad word or a dirty hand gesture. It could just be anything happens to happen. And we need to be ready for that. And especially when working with our kids, have that gray area of, you know, some things are a mistake and some things are not a mistake. And what do you do when that happens? And, and having those conversations, both with your students and with your administrators and community, I think are important. Guys, we've had a great conversation, but I don't think the conversation ends here. It certainly continues on our social media channels. We love it if you guys would connect with us on Ask the Tech Coach and you can of course subscribe to this podcast wherever you guys get your stuff from. You can go over to askthetechcoach.com and check out all of our links. Matt, where can we find you these days? Uh, best place, find me on Twitter at mfriedmanpgh And Susan, where can we find you? I am on Twitter at sv314dws and I also blog at techimaginations.net 
And I hope you guys have a chance to check out the brand new looking teachercast.net. We've really been spending some time in the last couple weekends trying to make sure that everything is nice for you, organized for you, and that you guys have a great looking navigation in order to find everything for you guys. So check it on out over on askthetechcoach.com. we got a lot of great blogs, podcasts, posts, and a lot of tech coach freebies. Don't forget, we've got our mastermind meetings every single month. You can, of course, join up with a six-month or 12-month subscription. We would love to have you guys a part of our tech teacher cast tech coaches network and on behalf of everybody here in the teacher cast educational network my name is jeff bradbury reminding you to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students you've been listening to ask the tech coach hosted by jeff bradbury of the teacher cast educational network please reach out to the show with all of your questions on twitter at ask the tech coach or online at www.askthetechcoach.com be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes and please take a moment to write a review in the app store